Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Welcome in. Welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Saturday Suckage, we are uh, continuing the never-ending, near-award-winning What Mark Heard segment. So, Mark, share with us what you heard. Let's hear from QB1. We've not heard from (laughs) Justin Fields yet. He speaks once a week, and I have put together what I thought was about the best minute or so of Justin Fields' press conference. Take a listen. Justin, both Matt and Flip are very complimentary of the rhythm you played with throughout Sunday's game. I'm curious what your assessment of that was and why you think it may have been a little bit more elevated than it had been. Um, just more time, more games under my belt, more snaps. So the more and more snaps I get, just the more comfortable I get. It slows down a little bit. Justin, last week you told us about the extra meetings you were having with wide receivers. Did anything out of those meetings translate onto the field? Did you, did you see stuff work from those meetings? Um, I mean, yeah, those meetings just you know, are for getting us on the same page and pretty much me re- relaying to them what I'm thinking, you know, during this play or how I want them to run a certain route at a certain depth. So that's just, you know, going to make our connection better and our chemistry better uh, to make sure that myself and the receivers are all on the same page. So, yeah. Justin, since going into the Bengals game to right now, where do you feel like you've made the most progress? Um, I'm not sure. I just feel like comfortable, like all around, just more confident in myself and just, you know, going out there making plays and stuff like that. So I'm not sure, like, one specific area. I mean, I'm hoping all the areas, but I just just feel way better, you know, just in terms of my confidence and um, just my command of, you know, the huddle and of the offense and kind of telling those guys where to go. It's hard to pick up, like, what Justin Fields is passionate about during a press conference because he speaks in that kind of, and, you know, that downtrodden Yeah, no, tone. it's an excellent observation. Right. So it, it's hard to pick up like what's real. And to me, what what is real is that is that little part right there at the end after a Hubarkish question saying, I just feel way better. Like that part resonated with me that that felt real, not him just trying to get through a press conference. It sounded like to feel, you know, since the Cincinnati game to feel way better, I think is really important in this case in terms of confidence and starting to see things. He's got a long way to go, but that's that's a step forward in my opinion. So let me ask you this. That's that's a, an, an excellent point. Let me ask you this then. What 
what substance do you put in the idea that he had his best game without Matt Nagy on the sidelines, knowing he's previously said what he liked about Bill Lazor is his calm, as if to suggest Matt Nagy can't do it that way, and he doesn't respond well to the way Matt Nagy was doing it. He responds much better to Bill Lazor's play calling. Well, what do you I, put into I, I, what you saw I, last week? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't put any stock into that because it's been Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor has been the guy in his head, and Matt Nagy, believe it or not, has been playing the part of the head coach where he concerns himself with more than just the the offense. And, you know, uh, John DiFilippo is a guy he often speaks to, and I observe Justin Fields and John DiFilippo having some long conversations sitting on the bench. Uh, Matt Nagy's not in the ear of Justin Fields as much. So if this had been like a thing where Nagy was to miss multiple games, then, then maybe I would have read into it a little bit more deeply or analyzed what he might be doing better because the head coach is not there. But I know that Bears fans don't want to hear this, but I don't think Matt Nagy being gone had anything to do like directly with the success that Fields had in moments last week. What did you make of Jim Schwantz earlier when we talked to him? He, he talked about the, the, the meetings, the idea, the talking, the whatever you're doing, your white greaseboarding, whatever you're doing. He put no stock in anything. It's all reps. It's doing it on the field. That's the only way you get better. That's the only way you establish a rapport. And that, that, in, that in the course of that cut, Justin Fields said he thought there was some progress and everybody's getting on the same page, which is a whole bunch of you know, word salad, cliche like that. What did what did you make of what you heard from Justin Fields based on what Jim Schwantz said? Well, you know, Justin Fields has been, when he was asked about Jesse James, that, like, what, hey, what's clicking with you guys? And he, Fields said, we built up, I don't know if he used these exact words, but what he was saying was that he built up a good rapport with Jesse James when in training camp. Because he had to work with not the first stringer, not the second string tight end, but the third string tight end. And we all notice it watching training camp out there every day in the heat. Like, it's like, okay, who's, oh, yeah, Jesse James. That's right. The Bears. Jesse James signed with the Bears in July. Like, it was either right before camp or right in the midst of it. And all of a sudden, you know, all these guys, he was, you know, we're we're learning about Rodney Adams. We're learning about Jesse James. We we didn't learn about Justin Fields and Allen Robinson or Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet or any of those guys for that matter. So that that is the process that's occurring now to some degree. Like working on knowing tendencies and that's that's like a real thing when you talk to quarterbacks and receivers, like knowing what to anticipate about what a receiver might do helps a lot. And you do learn that stuff in training camp and practice. And learning I still don't think he's learned what a what a receiver looks like when he's open in the NFL. And always Correct. covered because, you know, the mailbox window quote from Filippo this week, right? That was a mailbox yeah. throw. And, yeah. yeah. And that, that looked like, to me, that's kind of progress. That's that's as big as you're going to get other than some busted coverage and the guy's 20 yards past the the safeties. And that's different than what you're going to – most of the throws you're going to need, especially in the red zone. That is – that was progress to me and maybe – Maybe we all 
we all saw a step that he can that he's now identifying what an open receiver looks like in the NFL, and that would translate to Allen Robinson, who always believes he's open, and with all the contesting catches, he's got a good argument. I also thought that that play to Jesse James is it's a faith restorer. If you're watching Justin Fields and you're a little worried, like, is he going to work out? Is he not as good as we thought he would? And then he does that, and you're like, okay. It's like, all <laughs> right, I can, I can, I can take – the the overthrow here, the bad slide there, the you know poor decision to not go out about you know whatever the case may be, because that's what I was told about. Like if you're a Bears fan and you're watching that, you're like, okay, that's what everybody was telling me about. That that's an elite throw and also a damn good catch by uh, by Jesse James. It's funny, like when he's made these like plays, it's always him and never mind Jesse James making a diving, but never mind Jesper Horstead being guarded by four people in that one preseason game. Uh, but so those guys have made good plays as well. But yeah, to see plays like that, some of the running plays now, and finally, man, finally last week, really using his athleticism because that's driven me crazy this year. Yeah. That. The, the one thing that we thought was would would come right away would be the athleticism, and it hasn't. Like, he has not been able to play at his own speed, so to speak. And I think he finally did for the first time last week, so that was really encouraging, too. I, I Good point. I want, I want to see that more design run. I mean, Juan has been asking for more design runs. We all have, but he's been really loud about it. It seems, you know, when you hear it, somehow whatever we say when, when it gets echoed by... Wani or Olin or whatever, you see, you're somebody who has been in there in the locker room, who's, who's had a nose in the playbook, you know, ah, so I'm not totally stupid. I might be stupid, but not totally. And right. they need to see that. And you wonder where the other guys, the guys in charge of coaching this kid, have been. And I, everybody's got a different plan, idea, a way to bring about bring out the talent without jeopardizing his health. But that's part of what the jeopardy is part of what makes him dangerous and makes defenses retrench a little bit, makes them think, gives you, might give you extra time, might give him extra time to find an open receiver and not have 1.8 seconds in which to run for his life. Yeah. And I think too, from the, the coaching perspective, they all had to kind of shift on the move when the Bears yeah. pulled the surprise party and Matt Nagy, after being so um, glued to Andy Dalton and not moving off of that. And then all of a sudden he did. And he said, well, you know, the injury changed it. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, I think the pressures just from all ends got to him about Justin Fields. They started him and it was like, okay, throw away the the big Andy Dalton book let's get out let's let's do some cramming now for for Justin Fields and they had a little taste of him but none of these coaches considering the plan was truly prepared to coach Justin Fields as soon as they did so unfortunately they're trying to figure it out too that sounds like a failure to me it's not like it was a surprise that Justin Fields, once he was on your roster, if you needed two playbooks, two game plans, if you needed two lines of thinking, you take this, you take that, we share with the class. You know, the, the old, I saw this in the paper chase 40 years ago, whenever it was, it was 
everybody took a, okay, you do real estate, you constitutional law, you do contracts, and then you come back and you share your 500-page outline with the rest of us in this study group, and that's how it goes. And I can't believe that they wouldn't have been up on that because it could have happened. They kept saying it could happen at any moment. He could have been put in at any moment, and he was put in at any moment. So that sounds yeah. like a failure. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a failure or just the 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 idea of having a rookie quarterback and trying trying to learn exactly at the NFL level what he's capable of because all those coaches obviously knew and know what he did well at Ohio State. But let's face it, it it hasn't translated at the NFL level, and that's because. The Bears are not playing a bunch of cream puff teams like in the case of Ohio State, where not all cream puffs, obviously, but they, their, their talent was decidedly better than most of their opponents. So do you have a Sean Desai? Uh, yes. For us? Yes. Sean Desai, after the, the beating the Bears, do you give it up close to, to 7,000 points, yards. I think. Yeah. <laughs> last week, we talked to Sean Desai about his defense last week and going forward. Yeah, you know, the biggest concern, there's a couple of things. Too many explosive plays. That's not who we want to be, and we want to tackle better, and, and that's part of the effort uh, and the mindset going into that. So th- those are the two big takeaways, and, you know, I would agree with you. It wasn't a good day, and I would take it a step further. Really, we played 11 minutes of bad football in the second half. We gave up nine in the first half, and one of those was uh, the end of ha- and the two-minute end of half uh, off the explosive that we still held them to a field goal, but you don't even give up that explosive, and it's probably another punt. You know, so it's six points there. Uh, the second half, though, not 11 minutes <clears throat> when we were on the field was bad football, and that starts with me. It's going to end with me, you know, uh, and the players know where, where they're accountable and where they can execute better, and uh, like I said, I know where I'm, I'm accountable and I can execute better, and the staff does as well, and we will be better than that. That's That's... That was our, le- our worst 11 minutes of football that we played this year. The worst. The worst. So it goes from bad to the worst, the worst. 11 minutes of football that the Bears have played, and I'm not here to disagree with him. No, but I mean, you go back to the Tampa game, and that was yeah, – the only, the only reason that would be that San Francisco would be the worst is San Francisco hadn't won in like 40 days, and they were – it lost four in a row, and they and the Bears were at home, as opposed to having facing Tom Brady and the the uh, defending Super Bowl champions. Hey, where you look like Tampa Bay was the also the worst. Two two performances were the worst. So there's I, two worst performances. I would say also like not that the defense didn't play poorly against Tampa, but the defense was also put in a lot of bad positions against Tampa. Like you give Tom Brady the ball on the other team's 40-yard line five times, he's going to score five touchdowns. And that's basically what happened. But, but, yeah, but if you go to Sunday, the Bears, the the Niners went went 75 yards twice and more than 50 on another one, all in the second half, and didn't even need three minutes on any of those drives. So, really, position didn't have much to do with it. I think on at least one of those, they didn't even see a third down. Like, they just walked down the field. And they had third and nineteen. Well, we saw they thought they saw a third down on third and nineteen, and it went for eighty-three uh, yeah, yards. Yeah. Like, after oh that, oh my god! After that, I think it was like the drive after that because like the, what, the Niners scored there. Yeah. And then they uh, the next drive, I think they didn't see a third down. There maybe it was wow. the one after that. I can't remember. For so sure. now that the Bears no, defense very is drive. as bad as okay, the okay. Bears offense, does that mean Ryan Pace's work here is done? Is that it? 
That's it. Yeah. By the way, the on the um, the third and nineteen too. That that all came so close to being stopped right away. If Robert Quinn's big paw had been just a couple of inches mm-hmm. the other way and knocked that pass down, and I will say. Everybody was blocked well, but and I talked about this with Lance Briggs last night. But part of uh, that part of being an NFL defender is, oh yeah, shedding a block. Somebody needs to get off of their block and tackle this man. And the only one that did was DeAndre Houston Carson, and yeah. even he was coming at it from a deficit until the one-yard line. But it also looked like the way that play developed, it looked like everyone on the defense thought someone else was going to tackle him, which is just the wrong mentality <laughs> yeah. to have. Like, no, yeah. like, if, it, if, if you're on the field on defense, your mentality should always be, I'm going to go tackle the ball carrier. Like, you got to rely right. on your... Especially once he's on the open field like that, like yeah, you have to you have to you know stay your gap and do your job initially. But once the play is like free, go get him. Don't assume someone else right. is going to get him. It's funny, like I was talking to Briggs about that last night, and that that was the the you know lover hate Lovey Smith. That was his the mentality of that defense. Part of why those defenses were so good, not just having really talented, skilled players, which they did Hall of Fame style. But they love to swarm to the football. That those teams love to tackle, and they were good at forcing turnovers. And the Bears, except for 2018, this defense, they have not been good at at forcing turnovers. So, um, yeah, they, there needs to be a better mentality about tackling and not assuming the other guy is going to do it. Speaking of forcing turnovers, I think. Uh, this week was the anniversary of the Mike Brown pick, the second pick. I think it was the second. Oh, was my Cleveland, God. Was the that, Cleveland game. Oh, the November Cleveland 4th, game. November okay. 4th, I think, was the Cleveland game. Yeah. Uh, too much. That was like the 2001, right? 2001, was that? Yeah, right? 2001? I forgot the year. I don't know. I, I that, think it's 2001. That, 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 that was 2001. picks like that, and then yeah. him saying, it's like we suck. And I just, that's <laughs> Mike Brown. Like Honestly, those are two of my favorite Bears games of all time. The, yeah. the walk-off San Fran and 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 actually a delightful season until the Philadelphia Eagles came along and just destroyed Jim Miller. That season's the season that made me a Bears fan. Fun fact. They got, oh, yeah, still you got your Ahmad Merritt that. jersey. Wait, what jersey? <laughs> what about your Ahmad Merritt? Um, Ahmad Merritt. Oh no, I have an Anthony Thomas jersey though. That was my first oh, Bears do you jersey, have a, the A-Train. Do you have a – how about a Warwick Holdman? No, no, I don't. I think I, I think that Coleman. Anthony Thomas is my oldest slash slightly most random Bears jersey, although I do have Bernard Berrien also. Did did A-Train replace James Allen that year? Was that right? Did, didn't Allen start the year and then A-Train become, became undeniable? I think it was right? so, maybe something I, I don't know. I can't remember. I was eleven years old at the time. It, it wasn't because because <laughs> A Train did not start like he was not. The, I don't think he was the starting running back. But every time he came in, he would like run off like seven and eight yard chunks, and he became undeniable. And then I think he was rookie of the year. And then I think we never heard from. Yeah, he was off. Him. He was offensive rookie of the year. And then I feel like the next year he was maybe hurt or didn't have as good of a year. He did have another thousand yard season in like oh three maybe. So, but then after that, he was just kind of gone. With the with the Bears? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to have to double check. Also, right, yeah, real check quick, guys, out. the Bears injury report for today is out. Khalil, Let's hear it, buddy. Khalil Mack is out for Monday. 
There you go. Eddie Jackson is doubtful. So basically out. Also, Darnell Mooney, uh, questionable after he had limited participation for a second day in a row. Oh, and Nick that? Foles is out, apparently. Well, yeah. With what? Oh, like, really? out. He's got With a what? non-injury personal illness is the designation. JP holds okay. out with a concussion. Alec Ogletree, questionable, didn't practice today, so he's probably out. And uh, Damian Williams is out. Okay, what's the, uh, does it say the injury next to Darnell Mooney's name? On Groin. Groin. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. Interesting. All right. So th- and no, from the no Steelers standpoint, really. The Steelers standpoint, uh, Tomlin said Roethlisberger is going to play despite the shoulder injury. So there you go. That's okay. you now you know what's important and build your Monday night around all that. That's oh, right. I nailed so it, had, by the way. The A-Train Anthony Thomas had a 1,000-yard season in 2003. God, I would not have even yeah, thought about that. Jersey. They won like three games that year, I think. So <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe four. So, yeah, it was a forgettable year. The ending of, uh, of Dick Turan, basically. Right. The beginning of the ending, right? Yeah, because yeah, that was Lovey's first year was two thousand four, right? So yeah, that would have been that would have been it. What a weird existence! Because wasn't O one Jerron's first year? I thought that was two thousand. I went to check now. Oh, the All Bears right. were seven and nine in two thousand three. Oh, how about that? Oh, oh man, and they won thirteen games, I think, in in two thousand one. In that yeah, they did. Man. Yeah, and then that was the Eagles game at home. They lost right after the Bulls lost to Michael Jordan and his return with the Wizards. Oh Same my day. God. Yep, I worked at the NBC Tower that day. Yep, yep, I remember. That was it. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we have uh, some stuff about Bears owner Aaron Rodgers. I have a couple verses of a uh, song parody I'm going to sing about the Bears. And we have stuff we're going to do because we're getting paid to do it. We also have, Mark, you will love this because there's a reason to bring back one of your favorite, favorite impressions from the movie Major League. Excellent. Can't wait. Yes. Yes, we'll do that before we get out of here at 2 o'clock, making room for Rami Makhlouf. Right now, we're Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, man. Adam's the man, man. You know, Adam, you never know what you're going to get when you show up. He's like a box of chocolate. Is that you, Adam? Is that you, Trash Panda? Uh, yeah, that's Owen Cruz referring to me. That is Owen Cruz talking about our producer, Trash Panda. Yeah, yes. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Mark Rohde, Steve Rosenblum. We're here till 2 o'clock. So, Mark, I, I was compelled to write these lyrics. And Yes. Been waiting hours this, and hours and hours for this. Yeah. And the title of the song would be Only the Bears Are This Dumb. Words by Steve Rosenblum, music by Billy Joel. I can't carry a tune. So okay. it would be Only the Good Die Young. That would be the tune. You'll have to hear that in your head. Come on, Virginia, don't make us wait. Don't shovel crap about collaborate. Sooner or later, you got a can pace. Hurry up and get it done. He showed you a quarterback, hoped you'd be glad. Then he gave him to a coach who's historically bad. Now the Bears defense just keeps getting pantsed. Can't even stop the run. Only the Bears are this dumb. That's what I said. Only the Bears are this dumb. Only the Bears are this dumb. You might have heard Ted and George after last year. A six-game losing streak with something to cheer. Everyone in Green Bay is raising a beer because only the Bears are that dumb. So come on, Virginia, show us a sign that you're not telling fans to kiss your behind. Get pissed off again because it's long past time to whack Ted and find a new son. Darling, only the Bears are that dumb. Whoa, I tell you, Jenny, only the Bears are that dumb. So that's what I have for you. That's my song. That's incredible. We don't, you know, I, we didn't have a, didn't have a music, didn't have a, so we just, those are the lyrics. I think you get the point. I like, I like hearing Steve Rosenblum's signature words in his lyrics. Pissed Sign off. It. Dumb. Silent. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So there you I go, only the you bears should, are that dumb. I would buy your album, and I think that if you do do an album, I think we got to work on John, I think... Thrash metal is probably the way for you to go, man, because we could work all your words in there. Snark metal. Yo, I'm just what connecting you... dots, bro. Yeah. Snark metal. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Snark like, metal. Just snark it can metal. Be. Yeah. You're on to a new genre. Stevie here. Sunshine. 
Yeah. Let me ask you a personal question, Steve, if I may. I'm going to. Um, how's the book, buddy? The book is 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 nearing an end of the whatever might be the fourth or sixth or seventeenth draft. It is it wow. is getting there. It is the the end is in sight. And the um, and I'm I'm quite I, I'm at a crossroads now about um, how I, I could go one of two ways, but I really like where this is going, so I'm going to write what I think. Good. Thank you for asking. I think this can't I wait. Don't know. It's going to get wait. written. I have no idea if it'll ever get published, but it's going to get written. Can we? Well, hey, man, you just keep writing songs like that, and you're going to be yeah. A, That's uh, how I'll. Yep. I'll Starving artists will do that, um, and I, I, I know there's a way to strip out the words and just get the music. I guess, but Trash Panda wasn't in the studio. It wasn't in the station since Wednesday, and I'm never at the station. I don't know how that would get done. Is there a way to do that the same well, way we do this I remotely? Could, I could. Or do you want like? You're talking about the instrumental version of the song, so I could see if that's out there, yeah. right? But I mean, no. Had you given me a heads up that you were gonna what the song was, I could have looked for it. I don't think so because I did see when you use Billy Joel's music and or words or a reference, it tends not to go well for you if it's not Billy Joel doing it. Weird Al, I don't know if you remember this, but he had he was gonna put on an album. One of the songs was gonna be "It's Still Billy Joel to Me." That was the title of it. I don't know if you remember this. What's the matter with the songs I'm singing? Don't you know they all sound the same? It was stuff like that. And and the song was It's Still Billy Joel to Me. And given Billy Joel's, or given his lawyers, uh, Weird Al decided not to go ahead with it because he didn't think he would get the okay and didn't want the court fight. Well, the thing with the thing with what Weird Al does, Weird Al, like you can do what he does because it's all parody, and because it's parody, you don't need to have the rights. Now he does, from what I've from what I've read, he does get permission from the artists to do the songs, just because that's like he thinks it's just courteous. But he doesn't need to do that because it's it falls under parody, so it's not a copyright infringement or whatever. Like it's not stealing intellectual property, not stealing intellectual property. But they wrote well, the music. Whoever well, no, because you're changing were. the lyrics and, and you're doing a parody of the song. So that falls under, like, whatever, like, the, the, the copyright or whatever, the rights. Like, they own the right to that song, right? The intellectual property. But because you're doing a parody of it and you're changing the lyrics, it is not a violation of that. Wow, check out okay, the man. big brain on Trash Panda. I paid right, attention, I paid attention in, in broadcasting class. <laughs> I'm just thinking we about... We actually had a whole class weird. about this. I had to pay attention. Really? Wow. Yeah, we had a whole, it was broadcast, broadcast media law, and I still have the book. It's the only book I kept from college because it was so useful. We had quizzes every Friday, and I was hung over for every single one. Damn, man. I just like thinking about Weird Al Yankovic going up to Michael Jackson and saying, hey, man, here's what I'm thinking. I know your song is called Beat It. I'd like to do a song called Eat It. That's what I'm going to do. And it's going to be all about eating. How's that sound? And Michael is just like, yeah, that sounds great, man. Or well, going to just, queen. is that your Michael Jackson impression? <laughs> just yeah. 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 yeah, just come on, come on up here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you want to do that song, go ahead. That's that's totally cool with me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Michael. And then he can go up to Queen and say, 
um, that song you guys have, Another One Bites the Dust. Here's what I'm thinking for your song. Another mm. One Rides the Bus. So, and then, you know, I don't do a Freddie Mercury, unfortunately. Why not? You do everybody I, I can't even. I can't even picture... Phrase. I can't even like think of his voice in my head, like his speaking voice, and I certainly am not going to attempt to do his singing voice. But um, so I'll just stick with Michael for now. Right, this sounds more go. like Mickey Mouse than Michael. I know, Jackson. it totally yeah. does. Totally yeah. does. Well, or or like one hey. of the gambling experts. I I I texted Destin Dustin one time. The Mully and Haw gambling experts. Too many of them sound like Muppets, and that's what you just sounded like, Mark. <laughs> like Muppets. <laughs> They're coming on. Right. Mark Crony is a muppet. Here's Elmo the Edge with today's, yeah. today's hot tip. You guys like my song Thriller? It was yeah. really awesome. My album was really cool and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I took the wrong drugs. Oh, yeah. feel bad. Great. Jesus. It's a little bit Stewie-ish, too. A little bit... Uh, yeah. You gonna write your novel? You gonna you you gonna you gonna get a beginning and an end? You gonna have uh, you gonna keep doing? Yeah, when he novel? gets when he gets the really high pitched voice, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about. Gonna, gonna have a plot? Gonna have an antagonist? Gonna have a protagonist? Yep. Yeah. Are so. we gonna? I I really want to prom- to promote the book if it does get published. I want to bring back the idea that Grody had like a year ago, where we line up all of the people that have ever had a problem with Steve Rosenblum, and they get to do the dunk tank. <laughs> <laughs> I think wow. that'd be a great way to promote the that book. Could be, that oh. could be years. That yeah, like, could I, be I, years. I, I love it. Like people like plan their I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. And yeah, like they're like shot. Channel Two News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm gonna dunk his ass. I'd be, people, I'd be in favor showing of that up with you, an article if, from nineteen ninety one. Like, I'm gonna yeah. get this guy. Right. <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf is if in people, line. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! Out. Yes, you know please. what? If you buy a book, you can throw the ball, and I'll be in the dunk tank. Yeah, that'll if you be were the promotion. To buy a copy of that'll it. be the promotion. Sure, man. The Steve yep, Rosen I'm move. In, I'm in favor of that idea. I'll wear my Daisy Dukes. I'll, I'll look the way they did on, on whatever that ABC show was. Um, <laughs> Everybody's like, what's going, Michi- <laughs> "What's going on on Michigan? What's going on on Michigan Avenue?" Oh, it's the Steve Rosenblum dunk tank. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I do. Where do I get a ticket? Yeah. Well, no, you actually have to have a. Piece of copy that insults you because of something he wrote over the years. Right, exactly. Ah. You, you you just stay safe in those suburbs, Steve. I'd be in favor of that. You know what? I'd vote for that. Um, All right. Yes. I wanted I wanted to share this because I think it's such a kick for if you've been following the, um, the story of uh, Bears owner Aaron Rodgers. So yes. Rex Chapman, he's the king of Twitter, right? We can pretty much right. agree with that. He's wonderful. Great videos. Great videos. Yeah. Right. Well, here's what he wrote. Here's what he tweeted out yesterday. My dad was in a car wreck a few days ago. 77, ankle surgery, screws, hardwire, bumps, bruises, scratches. Home resting now, tough dude. When we couldn't reach Joe Rogan for treatment options and guidance, we allowed orthopedic surgeons and anesthesiologists to perform surgery. (laughs) I don't know who Kennedy Landry is. I know that she covers the Texas Rangers for MLB.com. But in in the course of, as we've seen the Twitter cycle, and we've seen what happens in instances like what the <clears throat> Twittyit of it, of the day, which would be Aaron Rodgers, and we've seen the way this somebody has to move the runners over, and I would consider this from Kennedy Landry exactly that. Her tweet was <clears throat> quoting 
Rogers, I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now, and there's a drive into deep left field by Castellanos, and that'll be a home run, so that'll make it a four to nothing ball game. That's so good, and that oh, that is man. that has to be part of it. I um, I saw this from New York Times reporter Osted Herndon, and. He tweeted, have we considered the possibility that Aaron Rodgers is Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend? Oh. How good mm. is that? Yeah. So oh, good. Now we're connecting the dots. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Put that so, in your book. You, you know what? who Ken Tremendous is, right? Yes. That's an alias for the dude from Mike from... Sure. Yeah. Who is the erstwhile broadcast partner Office. of Jason Benetti. Jason was with him. He was the, the, the uh, Mike Schur was the producer and writer for The Office, co-creator uh-huh. of Parks and Rec, right? Yeah. And he goes. I remember he, when he did the game with Benetti, right? And he was, and he, he's great. And he, Ken Tremendous was the, was the, uh, I think it was Fire Joe Morgan was his website, and he's just, he's just hysterical. So he tweeted out, "I'm not just some lemming. I'm a critical thinker. I do my own research." So when the former host of Fear Factor tells me to eat some paste that treats bacterial infections in horses, well, yeah, I'm going to take that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I, let, me, yeah, go ahead. let I, me run this idea by you. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. E-Online reported that Mike Schur was bringing to life a series, I suppose, I don't know, it was TV or streaming, but something like that. A series in your living room based on Field of Dreams. Oh. Delightful. I assume that the guess, there'll be a guest shot in the finale by Tim Anderson. Wouldn't that be good? Oh, my God. The stock off Homer. Yeah. 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 Stock off. So. Did you ever hear um, that, by the way? Stock off? That's the first time I've heard it. I know. No. I like. I I caught it reading one of the Sox articles over the last couple of days, and I don't remember anybody saying "stock off home run." And I thought I thought that was. So, it might have been Merkin. That's so good. A stock it sounds off like a Merkin word. Yeah. It feels or is like, it really it feels bad? Feels like something Merkin. Does that suck? Stock off? Because I thought it was brilliant. But I think is it's it clever. Cheesy. You it's think clever. it's clever? No, that's good. I I like that. I, Stock off Homer. I mean, yeah. the whole yeah. concept of the game was cheesy. You know, like it's not. Yeah, you know, that's so, true. Was that the best moment of the year for the White Sox, or was it the the uh, the Rodon no hitter? Mm. Personally, I think the stock off home. I think the stock off homer. That was brilliant. I think. Per- I think. Oh man. Right. Personally, because no. like I remember, the stock off was. I think I put them really close because like the Rodon no hitter was like I just remember. That was so cool because, like, it felt so good to, I mean, not just to see a pitcher for your team throw a no-hitter and, you know, a near-perfect game, but, like, for it to be Rodon of all guys, you know, the yeah, guy that, that had story. been through You're all that. talking about that story, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. for him to have, like, and you just, like, I just remember feeling so just happy for Carlos Rodon. Like, it sure. was just this unbridled joy. I was like, man, good for him. You know, like, that's just awesome. But the sock-off was just, like, a really cool, like, because it, you know, it was beating the Yankees too, and there was this whole the whole storyline about the Sox not being able to beat good teams. So it, I, they're really close to me. Yeah, and not to mention, what was it? Liam Hendricks who struggled in that game that was given up. That gave yeah, up Liam the... Hendricks gave up the gave up the two run homer 
that gave the Yankees the lead. Yeah, because it looks so dire, and then all of a sudden, here's Tim Anderson for you. Good night, everybody. So, I, yeah, I, I would vote for that, just on the overall. But, of course, like in terms of like individual career achievements, great story, it's Rodon. Yeah. By the way, you, uh, Trash Panda, you bring up the whole um, couldn't be good teams and the Yankees. I mean, I, that, was, that was the most dramatic moment, I think. Um, I think Rodon was the best story that, that kept building and building, but the, the, the stock off Homer. The, when you bring up the can't-be-good teams, the Braves, your World Series champions, were 31-37 and 37 against teams with a winning record last year. How about that? Or this season. So just a matter of when you do it, when you get hot. And we saw that's when they got hot. They beat everybody with it. They beat every, every team was, had like a, a thousand wins that they beat. So just when you do Pretty it. Pretty incredible. And then the Sox choked. Yes, they did. God, they did. And yeah, and they didn't learn anything from last year. Okay. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, there's a real life moment, a real life comparison to Major League that Mark will be interested to hear. And a couple other audio pieces that uh, played out during the week. So we want to bring you that before we close the show. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. All that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. All right, all right, you win. <laughs> I see you've played knifey spoony before. Sure. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday second, Steve Rosen with Mark Rody with you, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy to score. So Mark, there was this 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 I so thought of you. I so thought of us. Joel Sherman of the New York Post, baseball reporter tweeted this out recently, a report that the Mets have put former Pirates first baseman Dorian Boyland on growing shortlist led to a pleasant conversation with Boyland, who told me no contact with the New York Mets, no interest in the job. Mark, here's the reason he doesn't have any interest in the job. Okay. He said he is happy to run his car dealerships. <laughs> I know where what you're in going. major league does that remind you of, Mark? Oh, I don't know. I got these tires to sell. Tire world. Oh, look. This is Charlie Donovan with the Cleveland Indians. How would you like to manage the Indians this year? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is a chance to manage in the big leagues. Let me think it over, will you, Charlie? I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> That's right, it's the white wall. I got, the white wall. got a guy yeah. in the other left. Shut up, Dorn. <laughs> That's it. So the guy, I, the Mets, nobody wants the Mets job. I can't believe that, but it was so funny. The guys, I'm happy running my car dealerships. <laughs> As it's so perfect. That, that's it's a, yeah, you want this, this $3 million a year? I don't yeah. know. I got a guy I'm talking to about selling some white walls. Right. So good. So good. So, Thank you. So la- last Sunday was Halloween, right? And I declare that Steve Buscemi won Halloween. I don't know if you saw this. No. So no. you know that you know the Steve Buscemi meme, right? You familiar with this? Refresh me. Maybe I don't. How do you do, fellow kids? Right? How do you do, okay. fellow kids? Gotcha. Steve 
he's wearing is he's his old man. He, it, it comes from uh, um, 30 Rocks, 30 Rock episode where he's a private detective and he goes undercover. He talked about going undercover at a high school because he, he has such boyish looks, which of course is the joke. He doesn't. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? And he's, he's doing this with um, Alec Baldwin and, and Liz Lemon and, and, and Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon. So it becomes, it becomes a meme when someone's just it, it, on, the inter, on the interwebs. So Halloween, there's a picture of Steve Buscemi sitting out front of his home holding a wooden bowl dressed in a backwards hat. He's dressed like the guy who says, with a red hat, red sweatshirt, red hoodie, unzipped, how do you do, fellow kids? How do you do, fellow kids? And he's holding it, <laughs> and he's handing out candy on Halloween. You know what's so great about this is that I am just watching 30 Rock for the first time because it's on Netflix, and I'm really? just at the part. Yeah, it's so good. This is like one of those shows where, why didn't anybody tell me how hilarious this show was? It's so funny. It's such a great well-written show and Tracy Morgan is just Britain Alec Baldwin they're all great it's just so such a good show I am an, I am thoroughly enjoying 30 Rock yeah the writing is is so sharp it's just brilliant and you have to watch it again just to catch the stuff you know you missed that was yeah there. yeah exactly so exactly I have one last piece of audio for you but first Carl Quintanilla our favorites because he is just such a such a movie a movie head he's just such a a, a maniac about it but there was something going around the interwebs about if you could have, if you could only listen to, if you could pick one song to listen to for the very first time again, which one would you choose and why? And he chose Alive by oh, your guys. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Who chose that? Carl Quintanilla of CNBC. He's the one who, when we've done some of the movie background stuff, he's come up with wonderful facts. This was outstanding. It was Matthew McConaughey's birthday, and Carol Quintanilla got him on there. And, and if you're a Wolf of Wall Street fan, if you've seen the movie, sure. you know the character he played and the mechanic, the tick that he had, the chest-thumping thing. Do you remember that from Matthew McConaughey's character in Wolf yes, of Wall of Street? Yes, of course. Yeah, very okay. short performance, and they're having the cocktails, right? Yep. He explains how it came about. I never heard this story. Here it is. Can I get the definitive breakdown of how, yes, exactly, of how that moment got caught on camera? Well, I mean, it was, it was one of those characters in a scene that when I first read it, I was like, whoa, this is a doozy, fugazi, fugazi. This, this character's <laughs> wonderfully out of his mind. And I was like, well, what if he really believes this? And so I started interviewing different brokers from that time, et cetera, et cetera. And I started ex extending the scene and writing more things that this my character might say and do. And um, Leonardo and I do the scene. Scene's great. Before each scene, I'm banging on my chest. Mm -hmm. For myself, it's a relaxation technique, right? And then when we start the scene, I quit doing that and I do the scene. So we do the scene five times, we've got it, we're moving on. Leonardo's idea was he raises his hand and he goes, what's that thing you're doing before the scene where you're beating on your chest? I told him. And he goes, what if you did that in the scene? And so I said, sure, next take, that's what you see. That's amazing, dude. It is, it is. 
All right. I, I just, I love that. So we are going to be out of here. We want to thank Jim Schwantz for joining us. Josh Nelson. We talked some football, baseball. We want to thank Trash Panda for rejoining us. Uh, Mark Grody will bring you Bears stuff tomorrow, uh, Monday. It will be all Bears, all Mark Grody on this station on WBBM. And if nobody important listened, like we always say, if nobody important listened to this show, we'll be back next Saturday. So you have a good Bears game, Mark. Who are you picking? Thanks, Steve. Have a great weekend, buddy. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.